0: Oh, that's how okay. it kids. Fan, what No. Oh, my goodness. I pushed it a little too far. Yikes. (laughs) I'm worried you're, like, infecting me. Good morning. I don't know if we even got there yet. No. Fan morning show. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, the fan. I think if I keep it within the guardrails. It's a good level for you. Let's stick there. You don't need any of my... It's a good thing I'm the one who typically does the
1: ranting and or raving on this show. Because I don't know. Like, you have it in you personally. Mm -hmm.
0: I know you could do it. But I don't know if the pipes are holding out today. So, I'm not going to be on the show tomorrow. Yeah. But that was previously it was planned out, and here's what you don't want. You don't want to be sick on a vacation day. Mm. That really stinks. It does. Like, I would have liked to have used a sick day tomorrow, which would have been a different deal. But yeah, i'm I'm gonna gut it through. I actually for don't, three hours today.
1: I, I understand that that's how that works,
0: but I don't know how that works. Like I'm the worst for taking time off and like I'm always yeah, like, oh, here's can the do thing. i okay. brand yeah, it's like I'm not I, I don't have like a, a checklist of the number of vacation days I have. Okay. I just yeah, you just say like I'm not working.
1: Yeah <laughs> that's how work. Now before we get into the particulars of sports today, I actually I did not discuss this with you ahead of time, but you were part of the discussion I'm about to reference, so I feel comfortable springing it on you. Yeah. I was listening to uh not my favorite show on the What's station, because okay. as I always say, that's uh, Kibrill and, and Born. Yeah. But I was listening to Bunk as I often do driving home. Yeah. And I heard you guys discussing the possibility of a feud between yeah. our shows. And I, yes. I, I just wanna say yes. I'm here for it. Yeah, I don't buddy. know, I will say I don't know if I like I don't know if I should be. I don't uh-huh. know if I can wholly handle it. I once went to like a cottage bachelor weekend with JD. You were there as yeah. as well. And I couldn't even take him just, like, talking about bocce ball and lawn bowling. So I don't know how it would actually feel if I was in an actual feud with him. But yeah. if you think that is the right move for us,
0: I am, I think I am it on is. board. Honestly, it feels like a vestige of uh, time gone by really in, does. This, in this industry. It feels like, man, there was more than a few episodes of Frasier where mm. they they were, like, there were the warring shows on the same station. It feels and- wild for a like a call-in psychiatrist. Yeah.
1: Like, that guy's a crank. Don't listen <laughs> yeah. to
0: him. No, I'm, I am I absolutely am open to having a feud with okay. that idiot, with that nice. charlatan. Nice. With that horrible show with its horrible takes and horrible guests, except what I'm on yeah, once gonna, a week for an hour.
1: I was going to say, that's the problem with the feud, is it's like, do you, like... Uh, who were the Who are the families in Romeo and Juliet? Like the Montagues and the Capulets? Yeah, was that, good job. They,
0: good job, buddy.
1: Were they going to each other's house mm. for like lunch once a week? I don't probably, like, yeah, I think not. I, I, that's the problem with the feud. No. And, like, I know, like, I love you guys together on the air. I love that you do this with me as well, of course. But, like, you know, that's the only problem
0: with the feud is it's hard to, like, be,
1: feud. And, yeah. Well,
0: but maybe but, it's, yeah. like, family. Yeah. You know, family feud. I don't know. I, oh, family oh. feud. Yeah, you're right. I would have to keep it going on those hours that yeah. I do every week, and that would be tough. That's a, It's a long work. It's one thing to do a work. Yeah. And also I can't bring it to the microphone that it is a work. No, like I we, don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, it's for real. I hate his guts. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. I just wanted to get I just wanted to to have my stance known right. on that. I debated
1: I debated texting both of you uh the like gif or video of the two guys standing in the street just giving middle fingers to each other. Yeah. As in like that's us oh now. Oh my god. I was about to do that, but yeah. then I was driving the car and by the time I got out of the car it's like it was twenty minutes later and then it would have been really mm-hmm. weird if I just texted you guys that completely out of the blue. Oh. So
0: but I just wanted but you like to know I that's said, where my head was at thank, when I heard it. Thank you. And like I said though, like we're the bigger show, obviously, Honestly. so we can't we can't be punching down. So we have to wait for him to make the first move. Who? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, never heard of him. Uh, Raptors. Every time you think you're out, they pull you back in after one of the most embarrassing outings of the season. Told you, Godfather Three of uh, basketball teams. Yeah. Take that any way you want because it's honest. almost always true. Can I be honest? Yeah. Okay, I've obviously seen yeah. Godfather One hey. and Two like oh, a million times. You don't know that you've seen it. You haven't. I like not in its its entirety, but its its reputation does precede it. Uh, Godfather three, obviously like pales in comparison to, I, I imagine being, uh, you know, a filmmaker that creates one of the iconic, uh, films in the yeah. history of cinema mm-hmm. does it again. And then the second one might be regarded even better yeah. than the first. So yeah, that's, it's tough. Can I just, I know we're going to talk to Adnan.
1: So like, we really should save this all for him. I will say that this is a classic case though, of, you know, like hearing something is so bad. And then watching it and going, yeah. oh, like, I mean, I know it's that's not Godfather right. 1 or 2, but it's not. But it's also not Coppola either. It's, yeah. It's Sophia. Yeah, I was going to say it is, just a different one.
0: Uh, yeah. All right. We can uh, move on. But. Okay. But no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I should at least, you know, if I'm going to disparage it, I should probably watch it. You don't have to. I believe me. I've crapped on I've crapped on things I've seen very little of in my life. I watched all 48 minutes of the Raptors game, though, yesterday. And mm-hmm. who wouldn't? My goodness. Locked in. What? a game back and forth where there was like 30 lead changes in the mm-hmm. basketball game here's the thing there's a couple of things from this one is that yeah this is kind of the raptors deal um every time like it does feel like they're dead and buried and they're headed towards looking like maybe the worst team in the nba again yep. back to our conversation we had with michael grange early in the season like is this team bottom five in the nba and then guess what happened after the the blazers game they beat the bucks They went on the road, went two and two against some good teams. One in Dallas, they came back from 20 points down against the San Antonio Spurs. So, yeah, they're capable of that. Whatever the next iteration of this Raptors team is, and I think we'll have a pretty good idea after the deadline this Mm -hmm. year, there has to be more of an offensive slant, and I know the Pacers lost the game, but find a new slant. Yeah, like, and and I get it. Like, you you have to play some defense, and the Pacers don't play enough of it. Mm. But it's it's an NBA in which three point shooting and scoring is at such a premium, and the Raptors have just have not prioritized that in this in this generation.
1: Yeah, I mean they they clearly expect to get the bulk of their offense from the kind of three pillars we've we've talked about ad nauseum. Like O'J and Obi has spoken up, you know, not himself, but he's let other people let it be known. I'd like the ball more. I'd like to be more involved in the offense. Well, here's your chance. Uh-huh. The other thing I was thinking about this this team, this Raptors team, and it was what you said actually about them after the or on yesterday's
0: show after the game from two days ago. By the way, was, the Magic are really good. They've won five in a row and beat the Nuggets. yesterday. When
1: well, you mentioning the idea of you feel you don't you feel like you don't want to be a weather vane for yeah. this team, stop that. Okay, don't you dare apologize for being a weather vane on this team. This team is a weather vane; they're yeah. blowing around at any given time. When the game goes, I shouldn't say perfectly for them, but when everything clicks, yeah, you could see a world where they can compete, compete, not not necessarily beat, but compete with just about anybody. Saw it against the Celtics. You've seen it against the Bucs. There have been times where they showed you. You saw it last night against a Pacers team. That's pretty good. This is a group that will have the ability to go mm. toe-to-toe with teams like that, and they will also lay eggs against some lesser thans. And that is, that wow. is what happens when you have a team <laughs> with
0: some high-end
1: talent and – Nothing beneath yeah. it. It is the well, lack of depth that Except, kills this except
0: yesterday, they won because of their depth. Like Malachi Flynn had the best game of his entire career. But you can't bank on that on no. every given night. That's the thing. It's like yes, they again they, they have were they pieces were the better team. off. Yeah, their bench was better than the Pacers shockingly mm-hmm. yesterday. Like that's this is a team again. Like net rating off the bench, a bottom five in the entire NBA. So I mean that part is shocking. Mm-hmm. Like that Malachi Flynn. Boy, and I I kind of disparaged him with faint praise yesterday, yeah. talking about, hey, listen, he steps on the court. You're not, like, devastated right. now, which you used to be, or you wouldn't see him on the court, and that's great. But he's, like, at best, a net neutral. All of a sudden, okay, he's 6 of 8. He had 14 points yesterday. Again, 2 of 3 from from 3, um, his most effective game of the season. Do you want to talk about Gary Trent Jr. now?
1: I just quickly want to sit on Malachi Flynn. It's like he is a perfect example of this the, the kind of bench player or rotation player for teams like this, where you look at it and you say, you know, generally the adage is that won't happen on the road. I know they were on the road last night. You understand, yeah. but that's what I'm getting at with the Raptors bench is that, yeah, they have guys who are capable of doing that. And it's a perfect way to segue to Gary Trent jr. Because he is another classic example of this.
0: Yeah. So Gary, it's weird. What a weird season. So Gary Trent jr. opts into his deal. I, I think most people did not expect that to happen. They mm-hmm. expected him To depart in free agency, but no, he's back, and he's hitting threes at, you know what, a career-high rate, and he was 2 of 4 yesterday from three. Some of the misses are absurd, but yeah, so he's he's shooting 38% from three on not small volume, the smallest uh, since his sophomore season in the NBA. It might be added, but like five threes a game, Mm -hmm. and he's shooting over 38% from three. Again, the misses are weird. And secondarily to that, so he misses the two free throws at the end of the game that might have yes. at least could have salted it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're... Made it less hairy at the very least. This is a guy who for his career is an over 81% mm-hmm. three-point shooter. He's 81.5% free throw shooter. This season, he's at 55.6%. <sighs> Again, th- this is like... He's played 12 games this season. Um... I mean, guys go through slumps, shooting slumps, three-point. Sh- I mean, Blake Murphy likes to talk about the three-point shot being a high-variance thing. Yeah. that You need like a really long sample to decide mm-hmm. whether a guy's a good three-point shooter or a bad three-point shooter or he's having a good three-point shooting year or a bad three-point shooting I year. I believe
1: that's true, but that does sound like something a baseball guy would say, just e- for the record. Yeah. That is true,
0: but think- it does just sound like baseball leaking in, I will say. Free throw shooting ain't that. Nope. Like, you can shoot free throws, you can shoot free throws. And, in fact, like, the the thing that makes me most bullish on Grady Dick and his potential of eventually becoming a a good three-point shooter is the fact that he hasn't missed a free throw yet. Like, there is, like, a correlation to guys being able to make free throws Mm -hmm. and being good shooters, which, again, Gary Trent Jr. has been throughout the course of his entire career. That feels like when you see something like that. That's jarring, man. Considering... What Gary Trent Jr. is going through this year, like a guy that, yeah, okay, opted in, but all reports were before the season, he was trying to extend Mm -hmm. himself with the Raptors beyond this one season. The Raptors weren't like all that interested in engaging with him, that he's uh, a guy that's betting on himself, but maybe didn't, didn't anticipate betting on himself, but also a guy that's been relegated to a bench role in a bad Mm -hmm. bench unit and off to a rough start. That's a, that's. I, when you look at a stat like that, it feels like a guy that's totally in his head.
1: How can you how can you look at anything else? It's like you mentioned it the the shooting percentage from three, although it hasn't felt like a, like felt like we've talked to a r- ton about his started struggles. off slow. He too. really did, and then it's amazing what that can bleed into. I don't know how you can look at that as anything other than a than a mental thing. You know, I'm sure some shooting wizard could look at that and say, ah, maybe there's a little hitch here. I don't shooting like what his wizard. feet are set or whatever. I feel like that's what they used to always call, like, <laughs> Dirk's guy who he yeah. worked with and he invented that shot. The Raptors with. have had a shooting wizard before, oh, too. I feel like it's like you, you. Ha- how many shooting wizards God. are there in the NBA? It must be a thousand of them. You're a radio wizard. Thank you. <laughs> I think. I think. Wait a minute. No, I want to be good at it. I don't want to be telling people like, "Here's what you do." It's oh, like yeah, that's, that's basically bad, you telling me. I'm I like guess. a
0: consult. Like, hey, buddy, <laughs> let me tell ya, you. You got to smile no, more when you talk. That's the move when you when when we all get fired from <laughs> our jobs is that yeah then you teach radio, you become the radio I I was going to
1: say, uh, by the way, uh, Humber College, I've been meeting to reach out. Uh, Yeah,
0: (laughs) But uh, when
1: I, that's the thing, is like, I'm sure there are people who, you know, are like super into the mechanics of the shot who can look at it and tell you, ah, there's a little thing I don't like here, there's a little thing I don't like there. A guy doesn't do that and the mechanics don't fall off, but the mechanics, it's much like again, like we talk about with pitchers or with hitters, it's like mechanics fall off because you're in your head, because you're trying to change things, because things aren't working for you. It is a Scary, scary kind of self-feeding cycle. And the good thing is the Raptors are able to win last night. And that, that it, you know, he he can move on from those two misses last night as much as you possibly can, having two
0: misses in that spot. Imagine they lose oh, that game. Goodness. How much we're talking about it today? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it kind of reminds me of, what was it? Uh, game three against the Bucks in mm. 2019. Pascal Siakam misses the free throws at the end of regulation. They have to go to overtime. Kawhi plays seven trillion minutes. Um, limited is limited plays in Game Four, but you knew he wasn't going to be at hundred <laughs> percent. The Raptors, like imagine the Raptors had lost Game Three, went down oh, three yeah. games to nine against the Bucks because Pascal Siakam couldn't hit a free throw. Anyways, little different stakes. Mm-hmm. Raptors win just a bit. Uh, their next game is a, a resumption of the in-season tournament, despite the fact that the Bulls and the Raptors have both been eliminated. Although Raptors not officially on Friday, uh, back at Scotiabank Arena. How do I? How's my voice held up? All right. To yeah. that first Whatever. topic. Sorta. What would you like me to tell you? The there, truth or what you want to hear?
1: Because let me tell you what but, I want to hear. The, oh, in that case, you are sounding great. Thanks,
0: buddy. Better than Cromulent. The evening. thing is, I I can't get too heated. Or I else. Know. I know. There's a a topic that's going to come up later in the show that's going to make me really heated. It's going to be really difficult. Uh, all right. You're uh, actually capable of doing this job somewhat reserved though. Could
1: you imagine if this was me? I uh you'd be you'd be D O A. Um I would go full I'd just do the show as Stephen Hawking. Honestly, that's what I would do. Oh
0: that's a great idea. Just write out yeah. the entire show. Yeah. Okay. You
1: I, should you should actually just we should get Jeff in here and you should just text him what you want him uh, to say.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Uh the Oilers. Nah, that's better. <laughs> Lost again. It's unbelievable what's happening to the Edmonton Oilers. They they lose six three to the Hurricanes, which actually kind of flattered them. They, they're around four nothing, uh, fifteen minutes into this hockey game. Mm. Um, okay, so yeah, you you can't you can't win with an eight seventy save percentage, right? Like that's 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 clear, right? That that is can't issue confirm. number one. Yep. Like there is just no overcoming the goaltending that they've gotten. It, it actually could have been worse because. Calvin Pickard had a, a goal that was called back on an offside that, like, on that play, it looked pretty clearly offside in the moment. And I was shocked that they let it go. But anyways, it could have been even worse. But, yeah, Stuart Skinner starts the game. He allows four goals on 12 shots. That's bad. Like, that, you just, there's no overcoming it. Mm-hmm. But it's far from the, the the only issue with this team, Brent. Like, it is, I mean, so obviously we've, we've talked about the McDavid mm-hmm. scoring slump all season long. He's fifth in the team in scoring, <laughs> even after the two-goal game. Uh, a game prior to, to yesterday, but it's it's the defensive issues that he and Leon Dryside will have when they're on the ice. Uh, no other Oilers forward were on the ice for more shot attempts against than those two dudes. I mean, this is we're getting to the point here, and Connor McDavid is going to go into the Hall of Fame as the all-time, all time, oh, like one of the all time greats. He, he might have the we'll all time counting. Give statistics. me the
1: Leon. Give me the Leon for for that take. Yeah, no worry, no. Okay, good observation. I'll give it to you. Yes.
0: Great, great observation. Yes, thank you. Um, this goes on as permanent record, though. Like, if this continues, like, hey, and it must be said, and and we were talking earlier about the Nick Caprios, uh story and the Toronto Star. Today. That's the greatest anecdote of all time. But his junior coach, Go yeah. It, but I mean, the 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 nut graph of it is though that this Leafs team that okay, we have our 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 every year, October, November, hey, Sheldon Keefe on the hot seat, what's yep. with this slow start? And then they figure it out, and then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, back to the regular season being irrelevant as far as like a drama standpoint, yep. and then making the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs, and mm-hmm. yeah, there's drama. I mean, you, yeah, you, you want to watch the hockey games, but it's not like what's happening in Edmonton. This Oilers team, Connor McDavid has missed the playoffs before. It's never happened for the Toronto Maple yep. Leafs. I mean... It, again, it's not going to be in the first couple of paragraphs of his Wikipedia page when his career is over, but for a team with Stanley Cup aspirations, we, we can't just absolve him of blame here. No, you you
1: can't. I mean, he would tell you the exact same thing. In terms of the defensive woes they have had, some of that is them pushing. Like, there is no ifs, ands, or buts sure, about it. You feel sure, like you're chasing sure, the game sure. the whole time, so you're pushing. But guess what? It's like... That's the push and pull of being a hockey player in this league. I bet you Mitch Marner would tell you just to bring it back to like a least parallel that if he wanted to cheat for a little more offense and didn't want to be the Selkie level winner, he actually would be a hundred point guy instead of us just calling him one when he finishes with 99 or 97 every year. Like I bet you there are certain players who would tell you if I cheated or if I pushed or however you want to
2: phrase it
1: that yeah the offense would start to come. It's like Eric Carlson last year. Yeah, but it's not coming. That's the problem here. Mm -hmm. And that when you have a team that for so long, and the Leafs have been guilty of this at times in the past where they go, okay, uh, uh, Austin, come on, let's go. Uh, We're down two in the third. Could you you do the thing? Could you put on the cape? Could you save the game for us here? The Oilers have had that forever, but they haven't had to ask because he's just gone out and done it. And I can only imagine what it does to the rest of your team when you're already dealing with the issue of, man, we're not getting any stops right now. That's okay. Like Connor and Leon will surely pull this out of it. And they're not even able to. Right. That's the blueprint. Like the blueprint, yes, you're a good hockey team. Yes, you're supposed to have, you know, balance up and down your lineup, and you want to find something with some of the young defensemen you brought in, yada, yada, yada. The blueprint for this that team is those two guys going nuclear each once a week. And that just hasn't happened. And that's not to put all the struggles on them by any means. But they are the biggest reason why this team will always succeed. And they got to wear it the same way when it's not. It's not their fault. But they absolutely, like, we talk about well, taking ownership fault. of like, it all it, the time.
0: No, I would say, like, it is, like, more of their fault than is being, I mean, not that it's not being covered. But, like, yeah, we talk about the goaltending one one yep. one, And it is. It's number one. Like, again, 870. Can't overcome that. I don't care. Like, even if we're getting last year's Connor McDavid, I don't know if he can overcome 870 team save percentage. I like, guess outrageous. But again, like, this, this is on them. Like, more than is being discussed, that they're – Not only not scoring to the degree that they should, but when they're on the ice, they're net negatives right now.
1: Well, and also I I will I will add this, and it's like this is a a popular hobby horse for me of all people to take. I know, but I'm gonna if I'm if we're gonna do like blame pie here of who eats more of it,
0: delicious blame pie. Yeah, oh,
1: and it's so juicy when it's not your team you're handing it out for. It's like oh, heaping slices for everybody. Cooling on the windowsill. Yes, Uh, not for long because I'm about to devour it. I think you have to give more of that to Drysidle than you do McDavid. Everybody there, I mean, he's not going to come out and say it. Everybody will tell you McDavid is playing hurt right now. Yes, And not to say that he should be absolved because of his injury. If you're good enough to play, we are good enough to talk Tati. about it. But, if, but this is also the thing that comes up whenever we talk about Drysidle, And I always bring up the, yeah, look, the- is a top 10 player in the league, but I have a hard time with exactly where to slot him because of the McDavid factor.
0: Yeah, but well, then he won the hard trophy. Then
1: he won the hard trophy. Okay, well, go win it again right now. Maybe yeah. that's a big, tough ask, but if you're that level of player, like William Nylander, who no one thinks uh-huh. is Leon Draisaitl, Maybe now they do, but nobody thought that coming – no, not actually. No, He could have looked around and said, oh, you know, Matthew's had the two hat tricks. He hasn't kind of done anything. No, he decided to go out and do it. He put the team on his back. Mitch Barner has had stretches where he's right. done that, and look – Leon Dreisaitl has too, yes. but they didn't need it in previous years. Or I shouldn't say they didn't, but they also need it, or they need it now more than they ever have. And you're not getting it from those two guys, and one of them is hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to dissolve him
0: just a touch. No, it's a great point that I mean, if they don't have this slow start, and of course McDavid returning for the outdoor game was a, that was the Heritage Classic, not the Winter Classic that's coming up. But, the, but where is it, dude? If you I've... if if you had to, they guess. unveiled the
1: the jerseys. Oh, and- I did. Oh, I did. Rem- I did remember that that it's Vegas and Seattle. Okay, good for you. I, so it's Seattle in Seattle. Jer- I don't have no idea. The Seattle jerseys
0: look awesome. Yes, Vegas, I did see. Vegas that. looks like a doily. Okay, like it looks terrible. <laughs> do do better, NHL. <laughs> Um, yeah, like given their druthers, I wonder, I mean, and part of it was that that was a marquee game and he's the marquee player in the entire sport, but like if the Oilers were after a better start, don't you think Connor McDavid would have been sitting out that game and maybe beyond until he was 100, 100, 100% for a team that is supposed to not care about the regular season. It's supposed to be about winning a Stanley Cup for them, but now it's like, oh God, they got to win like <laughs> Of their remaining what sixty games, I got to win forty 42 plus
1: two. Some forty two is the number I saw neat, this morning. It stuff. is nuts what they what they have to to go through there. Uh, it is being played at T-Mobile Park, which I believe is the uh, Mariners. Yeah, yeah, the Mariners uh, stadium there. So a bunch uh, of Jays fans will be there. That's my understanding. <laughs> that would actually. <laughs> I oh, I gotta works. say. That'd be an incredible move for Blue Jays fans to just take over the Winter Classic. Is like not oh. not in Leafs gear
0: or yeah. Canucks or whatever they like. No, mm-hmm. Blue Jays. Well, and you would love that. The, to be honest. People recall uh, last time Blue Jays went into T-Mobile Park in Seattle, yeah. they started selling Blue Jays yeah. merchandise in the Mariners team store. It'd Be hilarious if they started I actually, selling Vegas Golden Knight stuff. No, I want the Blue Jays to take it over. I know it's a completely <laughs> different
1: sport, and they have no record. Just no because connection. it makes absolutely no sense? No, because they always take over that park, and the Canadians love hockey, so why wouldn't they?
0: Okay. I'm fine with that. Um, Chris Knobloch?
1: Yeah. Peter Horacek? <sighs> <laughs> well, at least, at least the uh, guy in charge knows his name. I feel like he
0: got called Horacek a lot in his time here. I mean, it's it's early days, yeah. but like, yeah. That's, <laughs> that tough. Turns out, yeah, you can't also c- overcome uh, with coaching an 870 save percentage. I
1: would love to know. Like, obviously the answer is there's 32 NHL jobs. You take one of them. Yada, yada, yada. Truth serum. Yeah. Like, you sure you want this, Chris? Yeah. It's like... They're going to, they're going to do the Sheldon Keefe after Babs of like, okay, like you're going to get the full run next mm-hmm. year and that's going to happen. And I'm sure it'll go better. Cause it can't be this, but uh-huh. man, it's like dry saddle one year out, McDavid two years out. It's like, if there was ever a guy ripe to be thrown overboard oh, rather yeah.
0: quickly, should this not work out? Yikes. Wish him the best. Yeah. I, I don't know how you cover this team. We'll, we'll talk to Mark Spector yeah. later on in the program. Connor McDavid didn't talk yesterday, which you know what? Thank goodness. Like he doesn't have to talk every day. I know he's the captain. And I know he's the face. You think he has to talk every day, every game? Yeah, yeah. E- every game, every, every single game. Yeah, I do. I you think- know what? I don't know that for a fact that he didn't speak he's yesterday. Face- I know I didn't see any of his post game yeah, yesterday. That, that, I'm the, a, I'm assuming he didn't speak. Like, I'm not, I, what are you supposed to say? No, at no a certain I'm not point? even going to sit here and do the like.
1: That's. Disgusting. You come to the mic with an answer. Right. But we man. did
0: we did have that around Dion Fanuff yeah, after but, a notable loss. But man, like you're the you're the captain of the
1: team. There's a like you won't be, but there's a non-zero chance you'd be captain of Team Canada if there was one. Like he wouldn't be, but like it'd be like, oh should he in the conversation. You have to step to the mic after your team is going through it this way. I'm sorry, man. Like you can't, like again, he does it. So him taking one night off, if he even did, maybe he didn't. I'm not going to begrudge him or kill him for it, but yes, you do. You're the captain. <laughs> yeah, Like, I know it's not what you like to do. I know you give, you know, answers until someone asks a question you don't like or whatever, but you do. And to your point, yeah, imagine, just like, let's Leafsland this. It's like, Dion Phaneuf just wanted to wear his Red Bull hat. He yeah. didn't want to answer the questions. Uh, yeah. Think of all the comments we had with things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was, no
0: offense, it was Dion Phaneuf. Yep, but he wore the seat. All right, speaking of Leafsland... Uh, they were on the ice. They practiced their hockey. Most of them. Uh, Yeah. Guy notably not there, John Klingberg. He is not going to play in either of the two games this weekend, back-to-backs, Friday, Chicago, Saturday against the Penguins. It's gonna be what, like three weeks until he like conceivably plays it is a safe hockey to game. Say, uh, according to Sheldon Keith, yeah, he okay, not play. I, I think that's pretty safe to say. Like, not only because of the discourse surrounding him, but also because he wasn't even on the ice. Like, wasn't like nope. on his own. Like, nope. he it, when he gets back on the ice, I'm assuming there's a ramp up period of multiple days. Oh, I thought you were being really mean. It's like they'll have a little ramp for him to walk up. Jeez. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, like LTIR requirements, ten games, but. 24 days, so, like, the 24 days is not an issue. It's mm-hmm. the 10 games that is going to be an issue. I just feel like, the with each passing day, with each passing comment, we're getting closer and closer and closer to this. I do, I do wonder... Well, two things. One, does Brad Living get a pass on what is obviously now, like, trending towards a horrible signing, if they are, in fact, able to make him disappear via LTIR, and don't have to a, a staple a draft pick to him, sending him out the door. And two... Is it possible this was always part of the plan, that this was, mm. there was a discussion had between the Toronto Maple Leafs and John Klingberg before the season? Hey, we'll give you the one year at $4 million plus. And yeah, you, you know what? You, you looked half decent with Minnesota, so we understand there's upside here. It's like this is a better than 50-50 gamble for us, but that's a, that's a big cap for a team that's pushed up against it. Um, And if it doesn't work out, like, here's, like, around the time frame that we might ask you to disappear and and be a good soldier, and can you do that for us? The fact that he got signed on July 1 makes
1: me pretty hesitant to believe that. I think that if you – if that's it, if that deal gets signed, like, 10 days into free agency – because I think if you're John Klingberg and you want to do that, if that was an option literally anywhere else, you'd rather do it there? Because think about how loud this conversation would be if he played for – any other team like even another canadian team outside yeah. of him being an oiler because like, if it wasn't oiler we'd be going <laughs> down oh, ah! Yeah which was never going to happen but it wouldn't be a conversation like this so i'm a little hesitant to think it was all part of a plan i think that it was maybe always part of the leafs plan of like hey, yeah this guy can't stay healthy for a year so we'll deal with that when it comes in terms of the does treliving get a pass for it if he is able to disappear him without any assets going away and you have the 4 million he gets a I wouldn't say a pass, but you're not killing him for it because you're able to have the space. But I went back and I thought, okay, what did Kyle Dubas do to get rid of Nick Ritchie? Because that was like kind of a very similar situation. Well, he was able to turn Nick Ritchie into Ilya Labushkin, which was not nothing. That was Morgan Riley's D partner. And like, again, we know how the season went that year. I understand, but... That was a positive asset. That was a player who played a lot of games for them. Russian Bear loved having him in the folds, quite frankly. So it's he gets a pass if the $4 million can turn into Ilya Labushkin, for lack of a better term. Mm. And, and that's the problem with making it disappear. It's like, hey, it's great if you have the $4 million and yeah. he goes on LTIR for the year and you don't have to think about it and you can go shopping at the deadline, but you now have to spend assets to do that outside of some, which the Leafs aren't going to be in a position to do that because of the Nylander contract and the Marner one they're going to do. Outside of taking some player who is on term at that money, you're going to have to give up a lot to get a quality player at that cap figure, even if it's just as a rental, so a bit of a pass. It's it's almost a it's a pass for now. It's a yeah. pass until you see what it's the four not, million can it's turn not into. It's not
0: a disaster if you don't have to attach like a first round pick, which I don't know, like on a one year deal for four million bucks at the and prorated at the yeah. at the deadline. If that's the cost of doing business, yeah. but it's like that would have been a disaster. Like if, sure. if John Klingberg was that much of a negative asset at at the deadline. If you can just ride it out with him on LTIR the whole season again, which raises another question about Klingberg and and his willingness to do this, considering yep. he's only thirty one years old, and I'm sure doesn't think that his career is over, or at least doesn't hope it's over. But yeah, for yeah, but I, you and I keep going back
1: on this. I do think. It might be better for his long-term career prospects to just shut seen, her down. To be seen as being the good soldier yeah. than the guy who's. And it's not to say he's like the least to be mad at him for trying to play. You understand how this works, but uh-huh. I think it would be see, it would be more beneficial for him getting a deal next year to be seen as a good soldier and like, look, the body just couldn't do it. The six months off. I mean, I'm not buying any of these arguments. Just so we're clear, but it can do him some well as opposed to, eh, he was in and out all year long. He played four... 40 games for the team. He was a dash 13 in those games or whatever. Mm. Like I actually think him not playing hockey
0: would be way better for next <laughs> year's prospects than him playing hockey. <laughs> that's, that's it's so not good. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Best thing for you, John, is if you just don't play hockey. Yeah. And then, like, show, like, then people can, like, wonder maybe, wonder. maybe if you're maybe this you're not the, so bad at hockey. If you the, play hockey, people know you're bad at this hockey. This
1: is mean to say, because I don't think he's an idiot, but it's like, what's the quote? It's like, better to keep silent and, mm-hmm. and, and remove or
0: than uh, than speak loudly and, and
1: once have Mark people Twain. wonder
0: if you were an idiot. Yeah, uh, speak no, it's loudly funny and remove that, all doubt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you did hit it, because I was going to say it's funny that you're using that quote when, yeah, you're sounding like an idiot, but no. then I hit it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well done. All right. I what was the other
1: one? I had another great poll earlier today. Oh, did
0: you? I'm just on fire. <laughs> okay. Keep believing that. Like I'm gonna keep believing that my voice sounds okay. Yeah. So we'll <sighs> see. <laughs> okay. Whatever we'll see. whatever you wanna believe, pal. We'll see how it holds up when I, I feel try like, not to yell about Greg Popovich. I feel like
1: out. I feel like you knew your voice was bad because you have a hat on today. I don't know why that would correlate. I wore a but hat it, yesterday. Did you? Oh yeah, yeah your burning some bulldogs hat. That's, That's right. right Got go
0: <laughs> You should start doing that. I probably won't. Okay. <laughs> Especially we, not today. No. When we come back, I I need to try not to yell. We're talking at, about gonna Greg go, Popovich. I'm going to go make you a chamomile
1: tea in the break. I'm,
0: I'm so not doing mad. that, just I'm, for the record. I'm so mad at Greg <laughs> Popovich. I kind of love it. Uh, also, uh, John Morosi stirring the old hot stove pot. I don't know. He's got the, I like turning up the hot stove. I like to think it's
1: like sauce day in an Italian house. (laughs) He's got the wood spoon out. He's stirring the
0: tomatoes. There's jars out. Does a, a trade of Beau Bichette, maybe specifically to the Cubs, make sense? We discuss and more next as the fan morning show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
1: Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: 59 in the fan, banana and a Sprint Gunning. Honestly, I feel a lot better. I was I was so good. Yeah, like. What I, I just need. It's like an old catcher's mitt. Just got to work in the the voice here. Okay. 6:38. Okay. Uh, Your mouth and an old catcher's mitt. The exact
1: same thing. You mm. said it, not me. No, you literally just said but it. But you said it's yeah, like but it. Yeah, but you so. said it more explicitly okay. than I said it. Yeah, well, I'm just. I was just. You know, you're having trouble talking to this. So I just wanted to make sure to hammer home the point for you.
0: Okay. Thank you. Um, speaking of catcher's mitts, or baseball, I guess, okay. in general. Sure. There's no catchers involved in, in nice. the trade rumor that I'm about to talk about. I was uh, going to say, they tra- it's like,
1: can we do the Moreno trade again? Yeah. I want to make everybody angry.
0: <laughs> A redo. Yeah. That, that would that'd be nice. Oh, uh, it also, yeah, listen, the Arizona Diamondbacks also <laughs> just got one of the, I think, ideal... Third baseman trade candidates for the Blue Jays in Eugenio Suarez, who hits a bunch of home runs. I'd like to say
1: as well, just from a person who has to talk about a baseball team perspective. Yeah. Great name to say.
0: Eugenio. Yeah, you could
1: really even me, because I can't roll the R's, but I can
0: so, Morosi wow. that one. Up. Yeah, I
1: could Morosi the Eugenio
0: up. Yeah. Like I can do that. You you can't say Jose Barrios. No, I don't do that. He refuses to say Barrios. Yeah, I'm very I'm very
1: aware. His name like as far as <laughs> as far as uh as far as J Mo is concerned, there's about seven R's in there. The, the, the official spelling.
0: And I appreciate it. Yeah, it's I got no problem Spanish. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's not like he's making it up. Like he no. knows how to speak Spanish. Okay. He's not putting on a front. Like he knows how have to do Have you seen
1: it. the videos of like when he went down to Cuba? And he was just, I don't
0: know like, if I have. Yeah. He was just like, you know, baseball went down there for a game or maybe it was God, Dominican Republic. What, what a Renaissance he, man. Oh, know, like, like, like went like to, to Harvard, Harvard, went to, went to, the, to Michigan. He covers the NHL, Major League Baseball, knows how to speak and, Spanish. And the best part about it is that it's like,
1: with all of that, I will talk about baseball and hockey yeah. for a living. And God. it's like obviously he's very I know. good. Yeah, at you it. know, like, great. Like I, I exactly think what I would do. His but wife
0: is, do it, is making a bigger impact imprint on society at large is she's a doctor oh this is the uh, george clooney yeah. uh, of it all so, his, so yeah, yeah he gets to play in the world's uh toy section that's actually that's actually my life like my yeah. life's a nurse yeah, so oh, yeah okay, go real job. that's yeah. why yeah you you're a net negative on society and she's because she's net positive, yeah, positive. that's but good collectively yeah big old zero yeah. <laughs> that's fine all right so no disparaging of john morosi on enough. this show obviously not Um, But yesterday, making big news, he was on MLB Network talking about a a possible trade scenario involving a pretty significant Blue Jays player.
2: Mm. There are still a lot of action items at Wrigley Field this offseason. They want to land a big bat, and they may also, at some point in time later on, be able to pursue Shohei Ohtani. But let's go to the trade market first, and a name that first surfaced for them last offseason. Bo Bichette. Now, they already have a shortstop, of course, in Dansby Swanson. They've got a gold glove winner at second in Nico Horner. But they do have an opening at third base. And Bo Bichette has two years left before free agency. And the reason why this makes a lot of sense is that the Cubs have a tremendous depth of prospects from which to trade. And so if they're not going to find a way to bring back Cody Bellinger, and you want to find a way to convince perhaps Shohei Ohtani or other free agent pitchers down the line, that this is the best place to play and win a championship. You want to build up this lineup. And they have to make an upgrade if you're going to even get back to as good of a lineup as you had a year ago with Bellinger, who may well be signing for big dollars elsewhere. So Bichette, again, is practical for the Cubs if they're comfortable with them playing third. And because they've got a number of top 100 prospects according to MLB Pipeline. In fact, six, count them, six of the top 100 are members of the Cubs organization, including notably Canadian outfielder Owen Casey. So if the Jays were to contemplate a scenario in which it makes sense to move on from Beau Bichette, if you bring back a local outfielder, Owen Casey, and maybe one of the, those promising arms the Cubs have like Horton or Brown. Perhaps that's worth
0: the Blue Jays' while. Uh, okay. Again, no disparaging John Rossi here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, does it make a lot of sense for the Chicago Cubs to go get Bo shit? Like, of course. Obviously, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. The fit for the Blue Jays, less so. Yes. Uh, and shout out Owen Casey, you mentioned there. Not only going, Canadian. I looked this up as soon as he said Canadian. Yes. No, you he, seeing it now. Been on my radar for a while. But oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Burlington's own. Owen oh, Casey, who's I, having a, I keep a fine minor league career as he works his way up to the major leagues, reached double A last year and had like an OPS of about a thousand. You cover off
1: the Burlington baseball prospects and I'll, I'll stick to the hockey and golf and then we won't miss anything. Okay. There. Just, just right. that's how we'll handle that. Good the, plan. The more interesting, or I shouldn't say more interesting, but as interesting part of that to me is something we've talked about here, much less so last year with Pachette, but in years past is, oh, would... Would he be okay with playing third base? Has anyone talked to him about this? Because yeah. this has been th- something bandied about, and I I also understand the difference of getting traded to a team and not having a claim of a spot versus coming up in a system and being the player you've been and being that guy. Like I understand the di- the different dynamics at play, but that was the part of the report that I just as much kind of well, kind of squinted at, going, "Oh, did I I actually can I can I be there when someone tells him
2: he's well, going to play third?
0: So and and that's a fair question to have i think about this it should be stated maybe people missed this but i have talked to boba on these very radio waves Mm. and around the time that there was trade discussions surrounding francisco lindor i Mm. asked him like hey blue jays go out and get francisco lindor you cool moving off second or off shortstop Mm. and maybe to second base at that moment he said yeah he he did say explicitly yeah. And I guess what are you gonna say when asked an explicit yeah. question like that? Would he have preferred to move off shortstop? Pretty clearly no. But remember, you know, it, it is all about the money. Like if the if the cubs go out and trade for Bobochet and they're like, Hey, here's we'll like yeah. four hundred million dollars, right. right? Like, hey Marcus Semyon, yeah, you're a pretty good shortstop yeah. and probably better than Bobochette when you arrived here, but you're playing second base. Because we're going to give you 20-plus mm-hmm. million dollars as you re-hit the free agency after that. And it worked out pretty well for I'd Marcus say, Semien. I'd say. So, I, yeah, you're right to point out that is maybe a stumbling block. To me, the bigger stumbling block is like, okay, yeah, does it make the Cubs more appealing to Shohei Ohtani to have Bo Bichette? Hey, Blue Jays, by all accounts, are also in on Shohei Otani. <laughs> like, what does it say to Shohei Otani if they're like, goodbye to Bo Bichette? Could also you
1: imagine the world where Shohei signs and through interpreter, he's like, as soon as they landed Bo, I yeah. knew that took the Jays out of the running right. and I had to come to Chicago. Yeah. Like, ugh. Also, Blue Jays' brain has infected me to such a point that when Morosi started that clip saying they have a lot of work to do at Wrigley, I was like, Oh. New bars? Yeah. New yeah. It's like, oh, no, that's just like the vernacular of talking yeah. about a baseball team. But here, we actually mean it with the ballpark. Yeah,
0: the, and apparently the 100 level has already been blown up. They're I working did, hard. I didn't see that. Yep, releasing some photos. Anyways, uh, trading Bo Bichette does not make sense unless you're getting something massive in return, unless mm-hmm. you're improving your baseball team in 2024, which... The the Burlington outfielder's not doing it for Probably them. not. Like, mm-hmm. maybe. Like, yeah, Owen man, Casey honestly, might, be, yeah. might be great. And you know what? He might be a major leaguer as early as next season he's yet to play a game in the major leagues of baseball also the the cubs top prospect pete Crow armstrong Mm. did reach the major leagues last year great handle as well i noticed that when he got called up and like he's probably gonna be fine but like he was over for twelve or fourteen in his brief uh, uh, appearance at the major league level. I mean, that I shouldn't mean, throw fit- me off, but like having no hits in like you know a week's worth of games is kind of like on my radar. I wouldn't say
1: fit right in on the playoff Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah, so. they got some hits. Okay, they didn't score any runs. And Kevin Kiermaier, yeah, he the, got the, the the hit, the RBI, well, forever, the one. Ever uh, tell our children. Anyway,
0: so and then Christopher Morel, like he's twenty four years old and he had a bunch of home runs. Yep. He's a DH. Like he can't play defense. Anywhere. Well, but they're building the whole team out of it, remember? They're getting they're getting Vado. More yeah. DHs. Like when you're twenty four and you don't have a position, that's tough. concerning. It's pretty tough. And even though he's at times played center field, not well. Like, this, that this, is, okay, you need to help me with this. Is that normally the spot where guys who don't have a position – Because
1: typically not, I think it's first base. Is, uh, yes. And I know Ron Washington will tell me it's incredibly difficult. I know. Uh-huh. But I don't – if you tell me utility guy who it's like we just need to find a home
0: for him because of his bat, center field is not where I would – I'm assuming he's fast. Yeah, well, and he hits a home a bunch of home runs. Again, it's 24 years old, and, like, the, the numbers offensively look pretty good for him, and he uh, improved in year two over year one. He's – Nice player if if you got spot to, to put him as your DH, frankly, or you can protect him yep. defensively. Um, Blue Jays, while they need to lean more into offense than defense like they did last offseason, they're not punting on defense. Oh, right? You so can't have a whole is, team of DHs. This is still a team that wants to catch the ball um, and is going to be built on the strength <laughs> of its rotation. Okay, so Christopher Morrell, as the centerpiece, like one major league-ready talent, Part of this makes little to no sense. There is a where there is a world where I can make sense of this. Thing. All right, walk me through it. I mean, you get that cache of incredible prospects, and as Morosi rightly points out, there's six of them in the top 100. Mm-hmm. And you turn around and you flip those guys to the San Diego Padres for Juan Soto. Okay, and like you do it immediately. Like you already have to have the deal in place. Like maybe it happens. Like maybe it is a three way trade where like. Everybody comes together. And it's like you're talking to the Padres. You're like, yeah. what do you want? Like, you want these prospects? Right. We'll like, maybe them. you get another team involved too sure. somehow. I don't know. Whatever. Because the Blue Jays on their own do not have the prospect capital to go out and play in the Juan Soto world. Okay, is are the Blue Jays in 2024 a better team with Juan Soto than Bo Bichette? I don't think there's any question that they are a better team. Yes, there's they're one outfielder short from a season ago. And we understand Dalton Varsha is going to be playing center field. That means they need a new left fielder or, Mm -hmm. you know, you can move George Springer to left field, whatever. They need another outfielder. Corner outfielder. Yep. Juan Soto is full on Juan Soto again. Like he is all the way back. He was a five win player Mm -hmm. a season ago. Take, taking 150 walks and hitting 30 plus home runs. Like he, and again, 25 years old. Yeah. And you would make a deal like that with the understanding that you're going to play in the extension ballpark for, for Juan Soto. That's the and then maybe at shortstop you backfill with you just go defense defense yep. defense at a at a position that you can do that like that's there's like we talk about center field being a, a position that this team has attempted yep. to just get defense out of okay and hopefully there's a bigger upside in Dalton Varsho next season offensively okay. than there was a season ago but he's going to play great defense at center field you can do worse than just like leaning into defense at center field and shortstop and that's probably what you'd have to do with and no Bobichet. And catcher uh, Um, Although you hope again that there's a bigger offensive upside next season with Alejandro Kirk than Danny Jansen. I was writing
1: him off even in the season where he was like that's killing true. it. I know, but I. I and just, then you hope that Danny so Jansen
0: no, I, can can be healthy for I longer have, than he's I been able no to. No
1: doubt that Danny Jansen will be a productive offensive player. I have very much doubt about how many games that will happen
0: for. But he, th- I mean, that's the scenario where this makes sense because you you're obviously not just. <laughs> even if you think some of these prospects are major league ready, like that's too much of a roll of the dice in a win now. You got to trade Vlad too. Like Window in 2024. But if you are in fact taking those prospects and you're saying, Hey, Padres, we Mm -hmm. can't, we can't even give you Vlad in a Juan Soto deal because he makes in arbitration too much money. Like you're trying to clear, you took $50 million in loans out last year to pay your players. Mm -hmm. You need to clear Juan Soto's money entirely off the books. And maybe beyond that, and like, it's sad to see the, the owner pass away a season. Like, there's, I, and we'll talk to Adnan Verk later on in the program. I, I do wonder if there's like, a, like a, a move beyond even Juan Soto to try and clear money because, yeah. I mean, it was on the strength I mean, of that owner deciding Machado, what, Bogarts, they have tons of huge money deals. It was there. on the strength of that owner who did like the thing that I want every pro sports owner to do is like not care about the profit taking of a yeah. season, like lose money. But try to win. win. But now that he's gone, like, I do wonder what the power structure is in San Diego. But, yeah, they got to clear money, giving them a bunch of prospects, putting them back in rebuild mode Mm -hmm. with the prospects that you get from a team with some of the best in the sport. Yeah. That's where it can make some sense, but it doesn't make sense if it's like Christopher Morrell. No. That's how you're selling your 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 trade of Boba Yet.
1: The other the other thing that I think lends potentially a little credence if it's the plan that you lay out there is that, and I understand these are different things, but if you're already and you know if they're in the Shohei Sweepstakes, which we all think they to a certain extent are. Then you've had conversations with ownership about cutting a check of a massive size. Now, look, it's a very different thing to cut that check for, and I don't mean this to disparage Juan Soto, but literally any baseball player who's not she- Shohei Otani and Shohei cutting that check for those players are very different things. But if you're already in the ballpark of having conversations, it's a lot easier to ask for four hundred million dollars when you're asking for when you've already started asking for five hundred. This isn't coming out yeah, of absolutely this isn't coming out of absolutely nowhere of like, we could never have seen a financial spend of this big coming this off season. So that's the other thing that I do think lends a little more credence. I still quite honestly don't expect that to happen. I expect Bo to be back with the team. I expect Vlad to be back with the team as well. I don't think that's the right tack to take, but that is what I expect to happen. But, I think there is a. It makes it a little more interesting that they're already having these conversations of like, are we going to give a guy four hundred million dollars? Maybe, maybe. And the other part is they. It's not four hundred, but they've had conversations about Bo and about Vlad for mm-hmm. big, big numbers too. Whether they've had them with those guys or just internally, these are all things that have been bandied about. Like this is a time where you're going to have to make a big decision one way or another. I can't tell if this is a hot
0: take or not. Okay, but here's- uh, I will be the arbiter. Here's what I believe. Shohei Ohtani and Juan Soto are going to get in and around the same type of contract, right? Like, Juan Soto already turned down a contract extension from Washington worth mm-hmm. north of $400 million, okay? Yeah. Uh, it's not John Klingberg's situation. He will be getting the money from someone. Yes, as long as he stays healthy and does what he generally does, uh, again, this season. There's a huge age discrepancy between he and Shohei Ohtani. I think, like, and it, it, it's not the only consideration, on field, There's off-the-field considerations when you're laying out the type of money you will be for Shohei Otani. Totally. But as far as on-field production, I think it's more likely you get better bang for your buck at a Juan Soto than Shohei Otani. Like, who knows what Shohei Otani looks after his second Tommy John surgery? Who knows what he looks like after his second Tommy John surgery as a hitter next year, too? Like, we haven't
1: seen that either. I have made a ruling. In the hot take court, is it that is not okay? One player is coming off, as you mentioned, his second Tommy John entering, or no, already in his thirties. The other player firmly in their twenties does not have a career of multiple Tommy John surgeries and rakes and does the cool Soto shuffle when he when he takes the ball. Yeah, so yeah, not not, a hot take. Not not everybody can make a walk cool. Juan Soto can. All right, actually, that's he's got to be the only guy. I can't think I've, of another I, one. I would say if he wanted to, Ronald Acuna Jr. easily could. I don't know how, but again, oh. that's because I'm not him. He I could. Say, Mookie Betts
0: also for sure could. Um, Bo Bichette walks are cool because they're so rare. It's like <laughs> seeing like a comet. You're like, oh, my God. Whoa. Is that Whoa. Bo's comet? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, not because he makes them no. cool. All right, when we come back, back into the Leafs, and eventually we will get to this Greg Povich thing. The second G is for genius. All right. Fan morning show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, sports Five Ninety The Fan.